three, two, one, and we are fucking live. What's good, everyone? Uh, my name's Michael Sampson. Uh, I guess some some people know me by Mickey. Uh, I have uh, Aaron Burns here on our first episode of uh, Mickey's Clubhouse podcast. Uh, let's see here, we're uh, a reason uh, I started this podcast is because uh, I just felt like people. Like my age group per se, uh, like around the eighteen to twenty-five, need a different voice. We need, I guess, something different, or I guess we do need something different. Cause I, every time I turn on the TV, I keep hearing a bunch of bullshit. So like, I figured, why not be the person to have a voice for someone our age group, eighteen to the twenty-five age, where if you're like starting out high school, you just graduated, and probably in the middle of college. It's kind of crazy right now that they're like mad kids moving in to see you right now. Um, We're also recording live out of Boulder, Colorado, home of CU Buffaloes. In case you don't know, we're taking on CSU September, what is it, September 1st? September 1st. Yeah. Yeah? I don't know, first, third. Yeah. Coming up in a couple weeks. Coming up in a couple weeks, we're going to spank the fuck out of them just like we did last year. There's no, no contest. It was kind of a boring game, but, you know, whatever. But Aaron, uh, thank you for having me on, first and foremost. Um, it's just an introduction of myself. I'm from Madison, Wisconsin, born and raised, and I came out here. I've kept heading west, actually, so currently in Boulder, Colorado, finishing my education as a marketing student at Lee School of uh, Business here at the University of Colorado. Um, and I was fortunate enough this summer to have an internship with the Los Angeles Chargers as a team within the National Football League. So we'll get onto that topic later and discuss more about what I learned with the organization and what I learned more about the NFL. So obviously, we all see what it's like to be a fan of the outside of the NFL, and I think it'd be more interesting to learn about what's really like being inside the organization and inside the league. And, you know, it really brings up a different perspective um, when you watch football. And I think I'll give you a quick overview, but I really learned more about how these players are more than just people that we see on the team and that we love to fantasize about being um, when we're younger. And it's more about them being actual human beings. So it's it'll be really interesting to talk later in this discussion as we learn about the relationships I have with these players and the organization as we move forward. When you say that, like, they're not, like, they're, like, these people that we see um, growing up, like, what do you mean by that? Do you mean that, like, because, like, well, they, they they all wear, like, helmets when they play, so, like, no one knows what the fuck they look like unless you're, like, obviously you're, like, I don't know, someone like Big Ben, Tom Brady, like, if you're, I guess if you're not the quarterback then I guess no one really sees your face because, I mean, this summer they just dial back on all the celebration stuff, but you can't take your helmet off when you celebrate. I know that still. So if you're not the quarterback and you score, I mean, you, like, people still don't know, like, who you are. Well, you know what's interesting is um, during training camp, I was with the Chargers, so I was there for two months. And on the roster, we had 100-plus players. And the NFL changed their rules where they're going to cut approximately half of the team within the next week or two. So we don't really get to 
know these players as well as we could. The Chargers, for instance, had three kickers on their team. Obviously, only one of them are going to make it. So, as you said, I mean, a lot of these players we don't really know, and personally, we don't really get to know. Fortunately for myself, I was able to develop relationships with these players, get to know them a little bit better, and, you know, it is really getting to know them off the field as well. You know, we, we really fantasize about when we're younger and we're in high school or even younger than that, we want to be these players when we grow up. You know, they're making the huge... They're making they're crazy making, amount they're of making money. They're making a lot making... of money. You know, they have the million-dollar contracts, multi-million-dollar contracts. Um, <clears throat> and obviously we see the uh, NFL growing as a uh, as the C- new CBA um, and the NFLPA continues to develop in uh, the player's interest. It's weird you said that because when I was talking, about, I was thinking about that earlier. And like when I was younger, I would see all these numbers, and I'd be like, "All right, well, okay, forty million dollar contract, yeah, dope. You get forty million dollars, but all it's like, taxed too. It, it, it like all everything is relative. Like everything comes back full circle because yes, you have a forty million dollar deal, but let's say it's forty million over four years." If you play in the if you play in the NBA, all of that would be guaranteed, but it's still taxed unless you play in certain states. In the NFL, it most likely would be around like a like a twenty million dollar guaranteed deal. Like for example, today left left tackle for the Chicago Bears, Jay Leno, signed a four year thirty two million dollar deal. It said only twenty one was guaranteed. The other eleven are just like, you know, Whoa. is it just like a placeholder? Like yeah. you have to do all this extra shit. Well, that's what's interesting is, so, you know, I think when players, when they travel, obviously they're traveling throughout the United States, they get taxed in all the different states that they play in. Right. So if you're lucky enough to be playing in Florida, where it's 0% state income tax, however, they have obviously sales tax, you know, you can't, you, you really don't have the luxury of just paying that one tax in Florida. You have to actually pay that tax throughout several states that you play in throughout the year. So you're dealing with that on top of, you know what, you have to prioritize your health. First and foremost for these players, like, you have to make sure you're healthy. Because if you aren't healthy, unfortunately, in this league, uh, you won't make it. Well, that's the thing. Like, yes, health matters, but, like, at what extent, per se? Because, like, some people, I guess it wouldn't matter what, like, background you're coming from because... Yes, you, yes, your health does matter, but if your your family's, I guess, like only hope to make it out of wherever you know the circumstances that you were born into, then like, do you really think about your health? I mean, maybe you do after like I don't know, like a couple of years when you're into it and you've been paid, but like yeah. before that, I wouldn't necessarily say that it would be much of a priority. I, guess. I think that's a great point because you see a lot of players that come from unfortunate backgrounds to uh, be playing. Um, you see a lot of players that don't have a lot when they're growing up, and you see that really it's their, not only their family, but themselves that feel like they have to push through the struggle in order through high school and college to get that sponsor, uh, scholarship in college. And you see them, once they reach the NFL, it's like either they're going to take it easy and enjoy themselves because, you know what, hey, I've made it to the NFL. I got my contract. Right. Now my family's set. Now right. I'm set. But you see a lot of guys also that are like, you know what, I kind of want to do more than just be okay. But it all ties back to the point that a lot of players come from different backgrounds. And unfortunately, depending on the background you come from, um, a lot of parents will actually push their kids either 
achieve and uh, develop their um, develop themselves, excuse me, into becoming phenomenal athletes or becoming more scholars. So right. it depends. Do you really want to pursue something in school or are you trying to go to a top program where you have a potential to go to the NFL where you'll be making approximately two, three million minimum per year as a player? Um, so I really think it, it draws back to the point that a lot of players come from different backgrounds and obviously you have to take that into account. And then from there, the families and the players themselves will determine, hey, what's best for me? What's best for my health? And as I discussed with you earlier today off, uh, off this podcast, we were talking about how players have to treat their bodies. Obviously, they have to be top specimen. They have to keep their, top, their bodies in top shape. Because unfortunately, in this league, it's a performance-based league. Exactly. If you can't be on the field performing, you won't be part of the team. You won't get a paycheck. And then... As we also saw, um, obviously within the last couple of years, a lot of players, uh, collegiate student athletes, we say they don't really graduate uh, at a high rate. Yeah, at a high rate and uh, with their majors and their uh, diplomas. So it's kind of a scary scene, but hopefully we'll see that turn around a little bit in the future. Oh, well, speak just piggybacking off of that. Like, what do you think about like uh, Josh Rosen's comments? Uh, quarterback the UCLA that he mentioned uh like earlier this year when he said that like he just caught a lot of heat for saying that like football and school don't go together he said it's like trying to do two full-time jobs he's honestly I would say he's absolutely correct a lot of people think a lot of people will um to be quite honest they'll disagree with my argument however I have friends that play in the University of Wisconsin football team um, as walk-ons and as scholar athletes. Right. So, you know, they're they're dedicating, honestly, a lot more than just their school. They're not only giving up a lot of their school, but they're, they're practicing probably eight hours a day. They have to deal with football stuff eight hours a day, at least. So you're sleeping. A third of your day is probably football. The other third is school. The other third is sleep. That's how it goes, to be quite honest with you. I, I don't really see any way around these guys having a personal life. It's difficult. Good for those guys that do. And it's really difficult to time to better manage your time when you're a collegiate athlete. Because I feel like it's really difficult to not only be at the top of your profession, what you're trying to be when you're an athlete, but it's also incredibly difficult to be a top student. So I feel like you have to give up one of the two when you're coming to school here. Absolutely. I Yes. Well, do you think that only like um, like that only relates to like football? Or do you think that relates to like other sports? I think too? other sports as well. It's not just football. Do you think it's just like the big sports, or like you think it's just like football, basketball? I think it's the big uh, four. Or the baseball, two. football, baseball, basketball, and football. Yeah. Wait. Well, here we only have a fucking baseball team. Well, a lot of schools don't, but still, you see a lot of club. Oh, those club guys are dedicated yeah, a lot of time. Yeah, those club dudes, our club dudes that play club sports here, like club lacrosse, they are they are putting in work, and it's like, but it's not a D1 sport, so I guess they don't necessarily get the respect that we we would think that they do because we see how much work that they put in and yeah. all that stuff. Well, thinking back, it's a huge... It's a huge risk, honestly. When you sign up to be a, uh, a student athlete, they like to prioritize, hey, you're a student first and you're an athlete. But in reality, what, what really is it? It's more of an athlete. I mean, you're more of an athlete for the school. You're generating revenue for the university. 
you're creating a lot of publicity for the university. And you yourself, you're a pretty popular figure on the university. So, you know, when it comes to school, a lot of athletes just think, uh, you know what, I'm, I'm hoping to make it to the NFL, MLB, NBA. And as we saw, we had a guy drafted into the NBA this year. Um, and you know, a lot of these students, they want well, uh, they, their hopes are to be drafted someday into the league. But talk about Derek White. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Derek White. He didn't even. He didn't even go to school. He, or like originally, he went to um, Colorado Springs. Went to Colorado Springs, and then he was like, "All right, fuck it. I have an opportunity. I'm gonna like transfer and come to school here." He won like Player of the Year, or and we didn't have a great season. Yeah. No, we really didn't. We really like, didn't have a great season. He was. That's the thing. At least personally, I felt the one on our team who could get his own basket. Whenever shit mattered mm-hmm. and sh- things broke down, he get his own basket. Well, he averaged, what, 18, 18, He's 7? Phenomenal yeah. kid. I mean, I remember having him in my business classes actually 18, last 7 year. 18, 7 to 4. Right. Yeah. And obviously, he's a tremendous athlete. He got drafted by the San Antonio Spurs this season. Lucky f- as fuck for him. That's a <laughs> phenomenal system to be going into. That's for sure. Coach Pop is going to teach him a lot and help him develop into a, a great young man. Um, you know what's interesting is... It's a legend high school. I didn't even know that. Fucking Parker, Colorado. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. A lot of these... It's unfortunate because I feel like a lot of stigma around student-athletes is, hey, you know what? Like, you made it this far into college, you're one step away. Yeah. You're one step away. But they don't realize how big that step is. And I don't know the percentage, unfortunately, but I know that very, very, very few students in college get drafted into a professional league. And that's just how it is. So, you know, you have to hope that the school will begin to prioritize getting your education as well. Because when these kids, not only if they don't make it, but if they do make it and they get injured, you got to hope when they retire from the league or don't make it, you got to hope that they have a backup plan ready i feel like most i i hope that most people do because like it would be in your best interest um but like i feel like most people don't though because it's like it's like league or bus at least, at least some of the people i went to school with like i feel like they realized that more quickly when they went to college because some some of the kids i went to school with some of them are in the NFL right now. Some of them are in the NBA right you now. You know what's interesting? I wonder what Sam yeah. Darnold is thinking at USC right now. How do you think he thinks about school, for instance? Do you think – because, you know, that kid's a phenomenal quarterback. How do you think he's thinking of being a sophomore this year, I believe? Oh, I'm sure he doesn't give a fuck. Because right? I remember when Marcus Mariota, when he had his really good year before he came out, the year before he played and he got drafted, they did, like, a whole special about him in, like, well, all he took was like he took like golf classes and he took like really like cozy shit and it was like all right well like that's, if that's, that's what you want to do yeah, that's what like, you want to do but like you know don't tell me you're like a student athlete yeah I mean you know at that point it becomes difficult to prioritize your time it's that's what it comes down to I feel like when you're a student athlete it's like how are you going to prioritize your time to most beneficially. Um, become not only an athlete but a student because you see a lot of people struggle with that how do you become both 
Um, and I think me being in the NFL or working with an NFL team, I kind of saw all these guys and, you know, they're not, I wouldn't say they're dumb. They're smart. They're smart guys, very intelligent. Oh, yeah. They're very intelligent athletically. Um, I just wonder how much of a backup plan they have when it comes to a career-ending injury. I worked with Keenan Allen. I worked with Melvin Gordon. Um, I've worked with several Chargers players. I've met them. It's, you know what, injury is a huge, a huge part in their game plan when they look forward to their athletic career. So it's like, how do you plan for that when you're looking forward? Because your whole life can, if someone hits you one wrong way, that's it. That's, <laughs> it's over, you know. And like, literally, someone else will literally just take your whole position and you have someone who might be as good as you, but just because you were there like a year or two longer, you, you know, have that opportunity. And then, oh, so you just go down immediately. And then oh, that person just takes your spot. Kind of reminds me of like, I'm a Bears fan, so like this year, or last year, Jeremy Langford, after Matt Forte left to the Jets, he was like, it was his time, you know, it was his time to shine and, and you know, go to work. But then he had an ankle injury, like I think week, week four, week five. Yeah. And then Jordan Howard came in, and Jordan Howard lit up, and then... You got to think of Brandon yeah. Roy. I mean, he's coaching uh, a high school Brandon basketball team Roy. now. But honestly, like you got, I wonder what his idea was when he was thinking about his future in the uh, basketball. I mean, that ended very shortly, and he's in Seattle, Washington, right now, coaching a high school basketball team. Obviously, they're phenomenal. He's a great coach, great guy. Um, but yeah, I think. I mean, I wonder how much these athletes really are thinking about their future. Like who? Like the kids who like play basketball there? Yeah, I feel like. I I would hope he'd be thinking about their future. Um, like, at least personally, I would be like, "Yo, this is these are the mistakes that I made." You know, I would do this differently if I were you guys. And being those kids, like, hopefully you would listen to like an advice of someone who's played in college, who's played in the NBA, um, and had all these experiences. Like, but at the same time, just. Learning about, like, his, like, upbringing, I mean, it says that, like, he had, like, learning disabilities and, you know, he had to take the SATs, like, four times before, like, go, like, is, you know, being able to go to UW, yeah. like, I don't know, so maybe, like, for him, it was, like, dude, like, I'm not trying to do school, like, I can ball, so, like, and then he just happens to lose, like, both of his knees, so mm-hmm. it's, like, all right. I think tying it all back, honestly, it goes back to your upbringing. I think it really has to come to whether your parents are have put you in a financially stable position and they feel like, hey, you know what, you don't have to risk your body to go and perform in front, in front of millions of people. Um, the NBA, obviously, and NFL, they only have crowds of thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe. Um, but you have millions of viewers on TV, etc., and I think it's interesting when you come up with your um, upbringing, thinking about do your do your parents push you one way or another? So if you come from a more financially stable background, are they going to tell you to be more of an intellect intellectual being, or are they going to tell you to be more of a hey, you know what, like you're really athletically gifted? I think you have to pursue this head on, as opposed to you know what, honestly, I think you should try and go full force with. Uh, creating something that we didn't have. Right. A lot of these kids, their parents didn't go to college. They, didn't, they just graduated high school. Maybe some didn't 
even graduate high school. So it really comes back to that. And then thinking about, hey, where are the parents going to push you to excel? So I think, obviously, seeing the NFL, you know, a lot of people want to be in the NFL. It's, it's an incredible platform to right. be on. All these professional leagues are. Oh, yeah. You see the multi-million dollar deals that players are getting. They're making more excess of $25 million a year. Ever, Some of them, the top athletes, but that sounds like a lot of money, but it's not really because if you really think about it, if you if you grew up in the states, that's the goal. But if yep. you grew up in Europe, the goal should be for you to fucking play, like, in my opinion, real football. Like Wayne Rooney was making half a million euros a week. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's incredible. Think Until about until he retired, like. And all that's guaranteed regardless of whether he starts a game, comes in as a sub, doesn't even play the game. Like, mm-hmm. he's going to get that. But th- the football check is, like, questionable. But it's also just a, it's just a hard line to cross. Because I understand where the owners are coming from because, like, it's you have to understand. Almost. It's a, it is a liability because you understand the football is a contact sport. And at any moment, yes, if I make this contract guaranteed – and this dude tears his ACL or just wow. gets destroyed, then, like, I have to pay for the next two, three years for this dude. To basically sit on the bench. Right, which is, like, kind of like a Derrick Rose thing where, like, he tore, he won MVP. He got the, what, the $100 million, mm-hmm. what, 91, whatever it was, contract. And then he literally, he'd come to every fucking game in a suit, sit on the bench, and be like, As a right, teammate, you don't want to see that. I don't want to fucking, I, like... If you're on play, like, I don't need, I don't need your, healthy. yeah, well, exactly, I don't need your, you know, moral support on the bench, if you're not even, you're going to be out for yeah. the whole year, then, it just doesn't help, it doesn't really matter, like, you should, you know, just work on getting better, I guess. It's interesting, because, being an NFL, I got to see, obviously, as a fan, you have one, uh, you have one sight. And, you know, you you really are making these people popular athletes. And not only popular athletes, but really popular people in the United States. So, it's really, it's interesting seeing it from an inside point of view. It's like, you know, these guys are, they're much more than just athletes. They're real human beings, too. It's, you got to think about their livelihood, their kids. I, I saw their families every day at practice um, when we were in Costa Mesa at Jack Hammett Sports Complex. I saw them every day, and I'd, I always ask them, hey, how are you doing, blah, blah. And, you know, they're like, good, we'll see how next practice goes. And, you know, guys, we saw Forrest Lamp, for instance, tear his ACL at practice. Um, First-round draft pick, I believe, for the Chargers. And he was going to start this year on the O-line. And uh, seeing something like that, it's really a huge step backwards for the organization. Shitty. It's... It's unfortunate, but that's just how the game of football is. And obviously, I got to speak with LaDainian Tomlinson, and he had a phenomenal career. Probably one of the best running backs of all time. Um, Average more than a couple hundred yards per game. Um, so it's really interesting learning these guys' mindset when they go into a contact sport such as football, um, American football, and understanding how are they going to tackle it head on like how are they going to go about keeping their body in pristine shape but knowing that hey as we saw with OBJ I mean yesterday in preseason like these guys 
They have to make a roster spot. As I mentioned earlier, 100-plus guys are on the team right now for preseason. You know, these guys are trying to make plays. They're going to hit you hard. They're not playing around right now. It's not like it used to be when it was like 70, and then they'd cut 20. Yeah. Now it's like double the size, and these guys actually have to make a name for themselves in order to hopefully make a couple hundred thousand at least um, in the league. And it's interesting to see how this sport will continue to develop. Obviously, um, we saw the NFL was a lot slower the last year. Um, fans... We're not very pleased, and we're not watching nearly as much as they had in pre- previous years. Well, because they're just taking all the fun away. You can't celebrate. You can't do any of that you stuff. Know, you can't, like, oh, I got a sack. I can't be happy. I got to walk back to the line. It's exactly. Like, yeah. The fuck? Like, like, football is an emotional sport. Players are going to show emotion. Obviously, sometimes things are overdone, and yes, there should be, like, repercussions for that, but, like, the same time, like, if I just accomplish something, like, I'm, I'm going to be happy. Like, I want to show emotion, and, you know. What we don't realize as fans is that we like to think of this all as sports. So, you know, it's like, oh, they're going head-to-head. Whoever wins, wins. But at the end of the day, from an NFL point of view, it's entertainment. This is entirely sports entertainment. That's what they call it. NFL is sports entertainment. It's supposed to entertain fans, and that's why they draw it an incredible fan base around each of these teams. You see Green Bay, you see Chicago, um, incredible rivalries. You see Dallas, America's team. Um, that's obviously debatable, but you know, you see you see all these team all these fans that are willing to stick up for their team and at the end of the day, they just think it's really just what when it comes down to winner losses and stats, but it's the NFL does a phenomenal job of making sure that you know that Maybe we don't even know, but that's entertainment. This is for us to get a break from reality and just to sit back on our couch or go to a game, grab a few beers and hot dogs, chill out, and then watch players perform. We don't realize that there's actually a humanistic uh, point of view that these players are actually experiencing on the field. You know, these guys are going in head first, literally. And yeah, especially if you're on the line. It's contact every single time. <laughs> oh, we see players all the time being injured. It's, it's incredible, honestly. So. It's weird. All right. So speaking of, also, not to cut you off, but speaking yeah. of uh, Brandon Ware, I was just reading that, like, his team that he was coaching basketball this year, Nathan Hale High School um, up in Washington, um, went 29-0 and this year in Seattle. During the regular season, he knows and what he's he doing. Got, he got named coach of the year, yeah. so like, you know, good for him. I mean, honestly, it's tough. It's a lot. It's very difficult for athletes to find a calling after sports. I think you see, um, obviously, you know, NFL has had a difficult problem with, as we've as we've read in the last several months, Colin Kaepernick's name has been all across the NFL. Um, you know, he's made multiple protests and I completely agree with it honestly I think he's standing up for his beliefs um, I think there's nothing wrong with it but unfortunately the NFL and its partners and its teams are kind of penalizing him for his actions do you think it's just that the, because I, like I, he's a phenomenal I, athlete he's a, he's, yes, a, he's a good quarterback yes I like yes but like and his stats even say it, probably but, like, 
for me, he does not pass the eye test for me at all. I mean, last year he started, what, 11 out of 12 games? He went one ton, I know that. What, what, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions? You have to think about the team he had around him, though. Well, yeah, obviously, like, it was a shitty team. Like, everyone had retired the year before. Offensive line was sketched. No one really gave a fuck. They were just, like, there. Just, you know, go around and see. I mean, they had a what, second pick this year. Yeah. So, like, obviously, the team wasn't well. But, like, I don't know. Some of the games I watched, you know, and I was just, like, some of these throws you, you should be hitting for someone who went to the Super Bowl, like, yeah, I agree. But I also agree in the same sense that he's definitely getting blackballed. Like, like part of the reason he's not getting on the team is because of what he's been doing and speaking out and stuff. And I think it's kind of ridiculous that people don't expect athletes to speak out on things just simply because of the fact that they're athletes. Like, if you were working where you are working... And your boss told you not to have an opinion. Like, well, you, what's what's your worth then being there? Yeah, like you wouldn't. At fundamental, as human beings, we have feelings. Obviously, fundamentally, like we're supposed to feel something, and we're supposed to express ourselves in some kind of way, and that's vocally and sometimes physically, and we just focus on how athletes. Will physically express themselves. So how are they going to go hit? So how will Haha? I'm a Packers fan. How will Haha Clinton Dix go hit a wide receiver? How will those guys go and tackle and make plays on the field? But unfortunately, we don't like to um, we don't like to prioritize their opinions off the field as well. We we need to do a better job as that at that as a society. I think that kind of ties back into how. Um, this is kind of Donald Trump's America right now. We see a lot of how, you know, we see, like, the uh, protests in Charlottesville. Um, unfortunately, that was incredibly traumatic and horrible for all, I mean, at least one party involved. The that's, white supremacists are wild right now. They're. I think that's insane. I, I think all that happening right now is crazy. Um, just well, simply because of the fact that last summer... Um, you know, Manasi, he lives, he's from Charlottesville and he lives like essentially on the UVA campus. And he, like, I went to his house last summer and I, I took a selfie next to that like statue that was getting torn down. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy just to think about that. Like, I was there like less than, you know, 10, 11 months ago. And all this shit is happening there, which is at the same time not surprising. Yeah. Because to go in a city where they have like all the statues of all the Confederate, you know, leaders. Yeah. You know, it's kind of odd. At the same time, he lost the fucking war. So mm-hmm. like, I don't know about you, but I don't like losers. No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I wouldn't put his like. I you mean, don't, I'm sure not... Robert E. Lee was like a. You know. A fucking sick person. I mean, I'm not like a big historian. He's an American, what, general in uh, the Civil War. But, like, I mean, it was only three years. Same time he surrendered, though. So it's like, you know, we can't can't be prioritizing these guys. And they're, honestly, 
in this day and age, their beliefs are incredibly off. <clears throat> I mean, we're, we're more of a unif- – we should be a more unified society in the United States. Um, we should be, but it's some, I feel like it's so much harder because, well, like, they're like, they're like uh, around 300, 300 million people in the country. And, I mean, what is the size of Europe exactly? I'm going to look that up, see, check it out. What's uh, the size of Europe? Pull that up real quick for me. Well, I don't even fucking know how big Europe is. Uh, I guess I should probably look at population. That'd be like the more, uh, be the smarter thing to do. Well, Europe is a population of like 743 million. America is probably, you know, around 300, I'm assuming. Like 300 million or thereabout. Yeah, it's like 320. So like, just America alone is like half the size of Europe, which is just like really intense to think about. So like, it's hard to like, I feel like just have all these different kinds of people under one governing. Cause like- Well, it's especially difficult nowadays. I mean, we have a leader that's, to be put politely, is pretty incompetent of his job. Um, You can say he's a decent businessman Obviously, he's had his bad luck with his deals, and, you know, he hasn't treated people as well as he probably should. Um, but it's interesting to think about um, how we'll be more unified and how things are actually visualized, visualized excuse me, in our society. Um, I think this all ties back to sports, really. Politi- politics, sports... And just society, like they all are very intertwined. Um, we use sports as a leisure activity to go and enjoy yourself, so you get break from our actual lives. Um, so when you're working an eight to five um, desk job, you want to go somewhere on a fr- Thursday, maybe Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and go enjoy yourself with friends and family. You don't want to think about, oh, you know, what, we're we're li- we're still living in a society where. People are being acclimated to living um, with different races and different beliefs, different sexualities even. So it's really interesting to understand um, all that and whatnot. So you gotta sit up because get closer. Hmm? Yeah, get closer. I oh, love you. <laughs> love you. <clears throat> um, this is weird, but like, how do you feel about uh? Not weird, but like, how do you feel about uh, this this Cavs trade for <laughs> this Cavs? I don't. And, uh... I don't know. It's. <laughs> I think honestly, I think the Boston Celtics really lost this trade. I think they gave up too much. They gave a first round pick in twenty eighteen. I forget whose pick it was, but I'm pretty sure it's protected. Um, they gave Isaiah Thomas. Obviously, they gave up Jay Crowder, and they gave up some other guy. I don't really know his name, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> yeah, um, some, like, it was Z- just for it was Z guy or whatever. It was only only for one player from the Cavs. I, Is or, it like uh, a bandana? Kyrie game? Irving. So let's see. It says Cavs acquire. Um, let's see. SI gave them an A plus for this. Cavs acquire Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Ante Zizek, Nets twenty eighteen unprotected. First round pick. Okay. And and the Celtics just got just Kyrie. Kyrie. 
Oh, I thought there was more. It was just Kyrie. I thought it was no. more. No, it was just Kyrie. That's what I was wow. saying. I think the Cavaliers clearly won this trade. It's. I'm surprised because you know that's like, ins- I definitely thought there was Danny Ainge. He doesn't like giving up. Uh, he doesn't like giving up his draft picks. He likes to acquire them most of the time. So it's kind of interesting to see that he was able to give up a lot just for Kyrie. I mean, don't get me wrong. Kyrie's a phenomenal athlete. He's still younger than Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder. Um, but really, are you going to give up four different trade options just for one player? That's kind of hard I mean, to believe. I would see. If- See, like, it's so hard for me to say because I would pick Kyrie over Isaiah Thomas, even though Isaiah Thomas was scoring champion last year. But Jay Crowder plays excellent defense. He's been becoming a way better three-point shooter. Um, and in the first-round pick next year, you don't even know who that's going to be. And this anti-Zizek guy, I, like, I don't even know who that is, so, like, I can't really get excited yeah. about him. But, like, it's just it's just crazy to think that they essentially traded four pieces for one. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how it turns out. I know their first game uh, is against Cleveland, so they'll be going head-to-head right away at the beginning of the NBA season this October. Um, so we'll have to see, honestly, how that pans out for both teams. I think this really helps. Obviously, the Cavaliers did a phenomenal job in this trade just surrounding LeBron with more players to make one more run. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is enough to tip the scale so that they can defeat the Warriors this upcoming season. Um, and Celtics, I, don't, I really don't understand what they're trying to do. I understand, you know, you, you need youth. Yeah, like, what's their team looking like now? They have a lot of like... young guys. Um, obviously, Jalen Brown. Um, but it's... Like, what would their team like be? So, I mean, now it would be, what, Kyrie Irving at the one. Gordon Hayward. Who would be at the two? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like who? Because they, they gave they Avery Bradley to the Avery Pistons. Avery Bradley's done. So who would be at the two? Jake Crowder's done. So that means Gordon Hayward would be at the three. Are they gonna put Jason Tatum back up, or are they gonna put him at the two, or Marcus Smart at the two, and then like, well, or Jalen Brown could also play the two as well. But like, I feel like they gutted like. It's. It's well, like, who they just draft. Um, oh, Duke. Yeah, uh, Jalen Brown. No, no, no. No, not no, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum. I think Jason Tatum's going to be phenomenal, but I think they're banking a little bit too much on his potential. I think they're really hoping he can come in. I think and they're going to pick Gordon Hayward at two, Jason at three, and then after that, it's like, you know what, you have... I'm I mean, you have Horford, right you have Horford now, obviously, so. but... It's tough. I mean, I don't see how they're going to beat the Cavs. I don't, I don't know how they're going to come out of the Eastern Conference. Like, And Isaiah Thomas was like the heart and soul of that team. So we're going to have to see how that really um, mixes up the chemistry within the team and how that will pan out for them, quite honestly. How does Isaiah Thomas feel about this? I wonder how the players find out about when they get traded. I think a lot of them are surprised. I, I haven't seen anything by Kyrie publicly yet. I haven't seen any, him make any remarks yet. Um, it's all just been like reports and like. It's just reports, and the players are kind of blindsided by this, but that's. It's a business, too. I mean, it's not just entertainment, it's a business for these players. So, unfortunately, we don't know the feelings that they're going through, but I can't imagine Isaiah's. I bet Isaiah wants to stay there. You know, Celtics have been good to him. Right. And unfortunately, it seems like they were willing to part ways with him and get Kyrie. 
So, like, their roster right now is looking like, what, Kyrie at the one, Marcus Smart at the two, um, or Jalen Brown. Oh, yeah, Marcus Smart at the two, Gordon Hayward at the three, Al Horford at the four or five, I guess. There were, I don't know, roster just looks weird It's now. all over the place. Too many have- forwards, like, they don't have, like, a, a solid two guard, like, Kyrie... What it says like ball handlers Kyrie, Marcus Smart, Rozier, Larkin, Wings, Hayward, Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Morris. Like Marcus Morris can't play the two position. He either played three or four. Uh, Al Horford can play the four or five. Aaron Baines most likely the five. Like I don't know. Like I don't know how I feel about this. And then the Cavs. Like it feels like they're just they're looking like a. I mean, I would see with LeBron there. You know, he's he acts as not only a player, but as a general manager for the team. So, he's always trying to look, especially at this point in his career, he's trying to win whenever he can, which is every year at this point. Um, you see the comparisons with him and Kobe, um, obviously Jordan as well. And it's like, you know, you kind of need the championships to be up there. He's Was he in the finals? Three and five? Two and five? Three and six. Three and six? Now. Yeah, so it's like, you know, he doesn't have a phenomenal record in the finals. Obviously, he's won more than several players that haven't that been there just as much but haven't won any. Um, it's interesting to see. We'll have to see how they do. Well, um, right now, their team's looking like Isaiah Thomas at the one, J.R. Smith at the two, you know, Crowder at the three, uh, or like LeBron at the three. Uh, Kevin Love at the four, Tristan Thompson at the five, and then Jay Crowder would come off the bench yeah. for LeBron. Yeah. So, um, I'm sure the bench is going to come together. Like, Darren Williams on the one, winning a contract last year, so that should be interesting. See, I mean, they have Jose Calderon, who's on the back of Isaiah Thomas. Not really sure how much confidence I have in that, but, like, I don't know. I feel like the Cavs are really the ones who, who really benefited from this trade. I think so. I mean, we'll have to see how the NBA pans out this year. I think Golden State's got to be obviously on top right now just because they've been playing together. They're pretty uniform. Um, I know you're a Pistons fan. I'm a Bucks fan. So we're both in the Eastern Conference right now, and it's going to be difficult. We'll have to see how our teams pan out. I think Giannis has a great future in the NBA. He's really young still. We're surrounding him with players. I know you guys are – you guys are – Developing and also signing players that can really make a difference immediately. I think that, yeah, I think we're, I mean, we're coming together well. I mean, my hope, just as a Pistons fan, I want them to get rid of Reggie Jackson. I think he's like a cancer to the team. But at the same time, I understand that they can't get rid of him, um, like, until he plays a little bit, just so pe- he can, like, generate enough trade interest um, as far as Andre Drummond, I feel like they could trade him too, but I can't really think of other centers that I would prefer really to have in the league that wouldn't come at, like, like be detrimental to, like, gutting yeah. the team to, like, get rid of Drummond for. But as far as Reggie Jackson goes, I feel like before the All-Star break, like, this upcoming NBA season, I, I do not believe he's going to be a piston. I think mm-hmm. Ish Smith should start, and I think he will start um, once the year starts, so... Really interesting to see how all these plays out. Like, football starts and... What is it? When's NFL kickoff? Like, I, I two mean, weeks? Three weeks from now? 
think September 6th, 7th. Yeah. Like, it's coming up. It's going to be insane. Like, It's nuts. And, I mean, it's training camp, preseason, both played a huge toll on play, all players. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, these Absolutely. guys are not only – they're going in to make money and try and show off their abilities and try and get con- contracts to players that may not make the team. But we'll have to see, I mean, how these players have already developed spots. I mean, we see guys that have already been playing that huge, that have already had incredible injuries, unfortunately. Um, And we see guys, obviously, every year, we're going to have one breakout rookie that's going to make a huge play for his team or several huge plays for his team that will go recognized throughout the whole league. So it'll be really interesting to see who that is. I know one player for your Chicago Bears is Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I'm just looking at an article right now. It says that apparently uh, the first team is going to play uh, Bears' first team offense is going to play in the first in the first like series of the second half, and apparently Mitch Trubisky is going to start in second series of uh, or first series of the second half with the first team. So it's really curious uh, to see if he ends up taking Mitch Trubisky's spot, but like. I personally would just like for Mitch Trubisky to play better and not have like a deja vu situation happening when he was in Tampa Bay and Jameis came in there and was a real ass nigga and fucking took his spot. Yeah. But at the same, you know, I would really just want Mitchell to develop, um, grow, learn the NFL, etc. I don't want I don't want them to just throw it's him in there. It's unfortunate he doesn't have anyone to really sit behind though. You know, like Rogers had. Brett Favre yeah, sat behind. Brett Favre. Tom have, Brady had Drew Bledsoe. Exactly. Um, and we have, I mean, Packers yeah. currently have Brett Hundley sitting behind Aaron Rodgers. I think he'll be great trade trade bait. I think Drew Brees had more now, too. Yeah, so we'll have to see how these players pan out. Um, obviously, I mean, there's going to be a lot of drama. There's already been a lot of drama and a lot of moves made in the offseason in the NFL. Um, I haven't been following. Jackson to, yeah. to the fucking uh, Texans. No, Deshaun Jackson to the Bucks. Oh, Deshaun and, Jackson to the Bucks. Right? Yeah, Deshaun Watson got drafted by the Texans. Yeah. I think, I think he should start over Tom Savage. But Tom Savage has been with the team already, so he knows the playbook. It'd be easier for him, etc. So, yeah, they're probably gonna start him. But I mean, if he fucks up, I mean that's that's a good night. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean you need these young players to be playing under someone that's. I feel like it helps if you're playing under someone that's been successful already in the league. Obviously, that makes an incredible difference because you can learn their techniques. Techniques, You can learn what they've been doing to be successful in the league. Um, I mean, we'll see. You know, you see players all the time, like Joe Flacco. I haven't really – he's kind of staggered off a little bit. He's, he's on a plateau right now. I'd say Le'Veon Bell's due to have a good, good year if he can stay healthy. I would anticipate – um, I hope Deshaun Kaiser, I love him out in Notre Dame. I hope he has a great year. And, you know, we hope OBJ is healthy. Um, yeah, I hope so, too. The Giants have a phenomenal yeah. team set up. Did he get Eli. injured uh, before or after he was looking at the Eclipse without, <laughs> without glasses on? <laughs> we'll have to see. I mean, there's a lot of teams that haven't been historically successful. Like, you see the Raiders now that are making a huge turn. And they're moving to Las Vegas next year. And actually what I learned that was really interesting was they're going to have in-game betting. So in the stadium, they're going to have people that will be on their phones. And they'll have the access to live betting throughout the game. So they'll now be able to gamble 
but I think he'll be able to gamble on the games. I mean, we'll have to see what the NFL... That's insane, because it's... the NFL, like, is anti-gambling. Yes. They didn't want to have, like, player reuni- reunions and shit like that in Vegas simply because of the fact that you can gamble there, and now there's going to be a team there. People are going to be able to gamble whenever they want to at the game, even if they're not at the game, you could easily just fucking text someone and be like, yo, um... You the game right now, yeah. So like, I just saw this dude get hurt. You know, before they show the commercials on TV and it's delayed and all that. Yo, put a hundred on yeah. them for this fucking like end the game. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's just like I don't know. Obviously, it comes just it's like a if you have a gambling problem, call that one eight hundred gambling <laughs> number. I don't know what the fuck it is, but <laughs> call that shit if you need it. Um, but I think it'll be interesting to see how the NFL con- continues to make themselves more valuable. I mean, you, you see fans have to be incredibly engaged with the NFL nowadays. I mean, we saw how players are allowed to celebrate again as a team, um, as well as individually. So it'll be interesting to see how players can get in the mix and really feel the emotion that players are feeling on the field. And what's interesting about the Chargers situation in um, Costa Mesa um, they're currently training there, actually, and they'll be playing the regular season games and preseason games in Carson, California. So that's only a 30,000 stadium, um, and it's actually oh, the yeah. home of the LA Galaxy. They've had a difficult time selling out in the preseason, which isn't very, very good. It looks kind of bad, to be quite honest. However, it's only preseason, so we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, but we'll have to see. I mean, you know, it's a really intimate setting. Um, you, you see a lot of stadiums, excess of 80,000 fans in attendance to these games. Um, so we'll have to see. I think it'll be an interesting opportunity for the Chargers. Um, and obviously, as being a part of the organization, unfortunately, I just entered my internship as I'm returning back to school. But we'll have to see how they pan out, how the organization continues to, continues to develop, and how they'll really try and be successful. I know when... John Spanos, A.G. Spanos, and the rest of the Spanos family moved from San Diego to L.A. They, the team was worth approximately, I would say, $1.3 billion, and they doubled that just by moving overnight to L.A. So it's really interesting to see this value <laughs> increase like that. And obviously, L.A. is a phenomenal market. However, there's so much to do in L.A. So if you, if you aren't a great team, and this goes out to Rams fans as well, if you guys, aren't, if you guys <laughs> don't Fuck win, you, if you aren't winning games... Trust me, residents of LA, they'll go and find something better to do than watch an NFL game. Oh. So, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how that pans out in the future. If I go to the beach, why the fuck yeah. would I go watch, like, Garrett Goff, like, be, like, 6 for 17 exactly. for, like, an interception, and then the Rams lose, like, you can, 35 to 7. You can spend $100 more effectively elsewhere in Los Angeles than sitting... In a stadium, with the watching a subpar team play football, Ooh. we just watched this. Ah, oh my God! Just watched that Odell hit again. That was ah. nasty. That was dangerous. But I mean, you saw the guy. He tweeted yeah. out. He, he said, "Hey, man, I I gotta earn a ra- roster spot. That's yeah. just how it is." Coaches love seeing those type of hits, unfortunately, in the NFL, and so do fans. It's crazy that they're gonna show this clip of him. Like, back in the locker room, there's absolutely no need for... Sneeling over. Like, 
why wouldn't and I know like, these cameras are in the Giants like in in the back room there do you like know how that works like why wouldn't they keep that film in the house well it's all entertainment I mean this is phenomenal for Sports Center ESPN I mean NFL it's not bad publicity any as we know all publicity is good publicity to be honest with you get your name out OBJ is obviously very affluent and Instagram and his social media um, following. So this, he's, I'm not saying he's a drama queen, but you know what? He loves, I mean, I don't lo- know. He like loves he to do it. He it to the net and hey, shit. He's he like, loves, he's, he's an entertainer. <laughs> that's for sure. That's for sure. So we'll see how their season pans out. I wish the best for the Giants. Obviously, I'm a Packers fan, so hopefully you beat them. But they look great. I mean, and I saw it right now. Do you have a running back? Is that... I don't know, but I know OBJ is looking for an insurance policy, and that's another huge topic that the NFL is going to have to deal with. You see a lot of players signing these um, insurance policies because they're so worried about being injured, but like, doesn't that say something about the sport kind of in a sense? It's like, you know, it's so dangerous almost. Putting, I mean, we know it's a dangerous game, and that's why we love watching it. Um, but... You just gotta hope you still stay healthy. So we'll see, we'll see how this season is. Obviously, we're gonna have injuries left and right. Um, hopefully, a lot of the great players can stay healthy, as well as some of the players that are trying to make name for themselves. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. If not, I mean, I guess it's that's why like your backup teams are important because yeah, someone gets hurt, you know, next man up, you better be ready or else. You gotta focus on depth. On depth, it's a this league is. You gotta be healthy. If you're not healthy, unfortunately, you won't have a career in the league. So if you're really not, if you can't stay healthy, I mean, it's it really comes back to how are you gonna be successful in your profession as a professional athlete? It's really difficult, and you know we see as a student, both of us as students at the University of Colorado Boulder, um, we've had several players drafted to great franchises in the yeah. NFL. Um, yeah. Dallas, for instance. Yeah, this year, for example, yeah, we had Cheeto uh, Wuzier, got drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. A fucking awesome. Uh, Kilo Witherspoon, he's, well, he's at the 49ers. Yeah. Uh, Tedrick Thompson, yeah. um, he's with the Seahawks. He is a fucking be with Cam Chancer, Earl Thomas. Like, That's talk a phenomenal about learning opportunity. Being lucky. Um, you can't you can't get more luckier than that. Honestly, that's a phenomenal background and franchise to be with. I mean, and there are a couple Seattle's, other players too yeah. out there, like Ko, um, Kenneth. Uh, fuck, what's his last name? Uh, Alubuye. I'm probably fucking butchering it and shit. But yeah, he's out there. He's with the Saints. Uh, Ken Crawley, what two years ago he got drafted by or by the Saints. Um, See Jim Gilbert also with the 49ers. Sefo, he's also with the Bucks. I saw him when I was watching Hard Knocks a couple of days ago. Um, like we, I mean Paul Richardson also two years ago. He's with the Seahawks too. So great like, athlete. I mean, Colorado has a lot of great players yeah. coming out. We'll have to see how they develop in the league. I, I mean, really, I'm really, excited for the season too. I am too, man. Like I, like well, we have what CSU September first. Um. That should be a fucking good-ass game. Last year, I thought it was going to be better, but... I don't we know what happened. Yeah, like... 
I guess good, though, it, was I mean, the, it was a time for us to to stop fucking around and be like, hey man, little brother. Yeah. I mean, see, obviously, with all the uh, legality issues that they had in the past with recruiting um, and other off field issues, it's good to see a resurgence of the program, seeing them do well. I hope, I hope was, we can turn it around, obviously. I feel like that was understandable, though, because. I mean, our freshman year, or like my freshman year, it was, we were moving, it was our first or second year from the Mountain West, and I was at that game when Oregon scored 66 points on us, or whatever it was, and that team had like Marcus Mariota and um, DeAnthony Thomas, just like an explosive team with Garrett Blunt, like that was just a a retarded team that we had to play against. Yeah, yeah. And we we scored first, and I remember getting food, and then we were down twenty one seven, and then I was kind of it after that. But I don't know next week uh, on the or like not next week, but on the next episode of a of the podcast, we're gonna have uh, Leo Jackson, who's on the defensive linemen's for uh, the CU football team this year. He's gonna be he's gonna be a senior. Um, it's gonna be fucking exciting to have him on. He's a fucking funny ass. Motherfucker, but um, we try to get him on before the season starts. Cause obviously he's gonna be busy as shit, but you know, can't wait till we get to that. But anyways, thanks for fucking coming on on the yeah. show. Dude. I'll have like, to come on next show and explain my background a little bit more. I want to go more in depth with yeah my time is... with the Chargers. It was really interesting. Obviously, I know we have to cut this off short because we've been here for a while now. But <laughs> I wanna I wanna explain like what I was doing, my background with the Chargers, how I got into it, and really like just understanding the inside point of view from an organization. You know, we only have a hundred people in the organization. That's insane, and, we, and that's not even counting the players. Not even counting too. the players. So so it's really small, and it's really intimate, and I want to share that with you guys next week, and hopefully I'll be on. That's crazy to think about, because I, I work at the Rio Grande in Boulder. It's like a big restaurant, slash so bar thing downtown on Pearl Street, um, and we have around like 100 like people that work there too, and it's like pretty, like you know just about everyone that works there. Yeah. So like I feel like it's kind of like, it wouldn't it be like kind of like going like a, like a really small private mm-hmm. school. Yeah, it is. School. Honestly, you like, know you, everyone. You know everyone. You know everyone. Shit, bump you know? into everyone in the halls and yeah. even the players on the practice field and stuff. So let's go and do it more next week, though. And I look forward to it. Thanks for having yeah, me on. Most definitely. We're going to have to do this again sometime. All right. I'ma keep on winning, you should place your bets on me. I could open up a bakery, but gets on me. Walking through the mall.